Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hello and welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today I am here with Tatiana Berende. As the creative director of Superpower Experts, host of the Sex, Love, and Superpower Show, and a Superpower Program Guide, Tatiana uses her years of deep spiritual study and practice to guide people into a more heart-centered way of living and being. Committed to practicing synergistic collaboration, Tatiana's work with superpower experts fulfills her deep desire to create lasting, positive chain in our collective psyche. When she's not knee-deep in superpower experts, Tatiana can be found with her family and friends, digging in the dirt, creating and sitting in ceremony, making music, singing to flowers and people, and shouting from the mountaintops. Hi, Tatiana. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Hi, Robin. Me too. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in talking to people about sex? Yeah. Well, as I, you know, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on. And um, as I mentioned, it was, it was quite begrudgingly. Um, I started out, so I was studying to be a midwife. So I learned a lot about the human body, the female body, and about sexuality, because of course, as most people like to forget, it does take sex to make a baby. Um, it's part of the process. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I learned a lot about it uh, in those days of, of studying birth and working as a doula and attending births. And, and I also started to see a lot of um, just like how, how stuck women could get. Um, and, and what a relationship there was to them being comfortable with their sexuality and them being comfortable with the process of birthing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I had been on my own very deep exploration of sexuality kind of my whole life. When I was 16, I discovered a book called Sexual Secrets in my parents' basement. And um, it was it was like one of the original texts from the 70s, like, illustrated with all these teachings from the Kama Sutra and the and Taoist teachings about sexuality and sacred sexuality. And so I really like started to dive in in my own study as a teenager. Um, and then and then through the, the course of working with birth and then and then really wanting to focus more on what what are those internal obstacles that that keep us stuck that kept all of these problems in that I would see when women were in labor. Um, it was like, man, I, I need to be working with these women way before they have babies mm-hmm. to address some of, some of these issues. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, most of my, my practice and my study of sexuality had been in my own life experience, in my own bedroom, my own, my own test kitchen, if you will. Yes. And, um, and then I just, I started having women in particular kind of urging me and encouraging me to start working in this space. 
And mm-hmm. I really didn't want to because I didn't want to be the sex lady. Mm-hmm. Didn't, I didn't want to be, <laughs> I didn't want that stigma. You know, my uh-huh. mother especially had a lot of prudish elements to her. And there's, there's just like so much cultural conditioning around what it means about you and who you are if you start to talk about sex actively and publicly. Mm-hmm. And there's still so much cultural shame around sexuality. And so I was, you know, traversing and navigating all of that. And, um, and then it was really um, the executive director of Superpower Experts, Tonya Don Reckla. It was her fault because <laughs> she asked me, she asked me if I wanted a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I had really been wanting a way to uplift the voices of these incredible women that I knew who were working in the field of somatics and in sexuality and um, female embodiment and divine feminine stuff. And I wanted a way to to uplift those voices and for more people to hear about them. And then Tonya asked me if I wanted a podcast. And mm-hmm. at, at first I was like, let's call it Billion Women Rising. And she was like, how about sex, love, and superpowers? And I was like, no, I don't want to be the sex lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the name was very clearly, uh, that was the name. And mm-hmm. I, we, you know, I kept trying to run away from it and get away from it. And mm-hmm. like, nope, you're going to talk about this. And mm-hmm. right after I started the show, me too the me too movement erupted and so it was it was very clear why i was being put in that space to Mm -hmm. have these conversations about the really tough issues that we don't talk about enough and there's still so much shadow and so much shame around it and so i just i feel really called to to take it out of the shadow and and to to lift it up and Mm -hmm. to let like let's look at it let's talk about it let's let's normalize it Sure. Mm-hmm. So when you were helping other ladies birth their babies, um, and you mentioned that there was a lot of stuff that was coming up that you felt like you needed to address before that, like what kind of stuff was that? Was that shame or other things or? Yeah, there was shame. There were, I think there's, you know, it's, it's different for different women. Um, and some of it you don't get too deeply into when you're just operating as a birth provider. I think there's a lot of trauma that a lot of women carry um, and we carry it in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And whether it's because we have a history of sexual abuse or sometimes we've just somatized certain experiences that then get locked in our cellular structure and inhibit our ability to move freely and work copacetically with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an impact. And, and what I realized is that uh, in the role of doula midwife, I didn't get to really like dive into and explore those spaces enough to affect positive change for the woman before she gave birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there wasn't enough time and there wasn't enough, um, there wasn't enough space to go there. And what I was seeing was like, these are, it was like, okay, let's talk about, you know, your diet and let's talk about all these things. It's like, but wait a minute, what's happening internally? What's happening somatically? Like those are, those are going to have a huge impact Mm -hmm. on the outcome. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, I mean, don't even get me started about the medical industry and birth in our country. Yeah, yeah. As you were talking, I was talking about trauma. I was like, oh, birth trauma, all this kind of stuff, which I wasn't planning on going in that direction today, but that's a whole huge conversation, you know? Yeah, the the medical industry is inherently traumatizing, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. It might be a good conversation for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a whole rabbit hole we could, could totally go down into. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll come, have you come back and we could talk about that stuff in the future. Um, yeah, but um, so for today, what I would really like to talk about is, you know, when we're like that trauma, the shame, and then how that translate into our ability to communicate about like, talking about sex, um, talking to our kids about sex, this type of thing. Um, and I know that you, um, as we were talking about before, had um, kind of the, the divine download for a course to help parents talk to their kids about sex. And as you were talking, you, you said that the majority of that was to help people deal with shame and these type of more internal issues rather than the actual communicating with your kids about sex. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I mean, there's so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. I think it starts with being able to accurately name our anatomy, our anatomy, excuse Mm -hmm. me, without like tripping over it or or blushing or, you know, Mm -hmm. can you say penis? Can you say vagina? Can you say vulva? Mm -hmm. Can you say cervix? Can you say anus? Right. Without flipping out. Right internally uh-huh you know what i found it, it's a kind of funny like i can i have no problem saying penis but then if i say cock like it almost sounds like i'm like i'm like i would like pushing my my comfort zone almost you know because i'm not really used to using slang all that much so it's kind of funny yeah or like pussy. how that goes pussy yeah. is super triggering i have a friend who actively intentionally uses that word when she works with women mm-hmm. as part of a reclamation you know yeah mm-hmm. can you can you talk about your pussy and be comfortable with that can you right. say that word right you know and it's like i'm sure there are some listeners right now who are cringing just yes. hear that word spoken uh-huh. yeah well oh, no, God, don't say it again pussy. yeah it's, with, oh, it's really <laughs> funny uh, one of the people who helped me with my show uh one of my previous episodes uh, one of my guests you know said the word pussy and, and uh my my assistant was like oh, should they be saying that word? And I was like, I don't care. You know, it doesn't right. bother me at all. You know, and, and it was Why a little shocking. Word? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's like that right there. Mm-hmm. Why are words that describe our anatomy bad words? Right. Where did that programming come? I mean, we can go into the whole, like mm-hmm. a lot of it is religiously based, but like, there's so much shame that we carry around our bodies Mm -hmm. and believing that our bodies are dirty and that we have dirty parts of our bodies that, you know, we need to not talk about and not explore and not look at. I mean, how many of the listeners out there right now have actually taken a hand mirror and explored their pussy? Right. Have you ever looked at your own vagina? Yeah, that's actually one of the exercises I have my clients do is create a yoni map. You know, it's like, okay, get a flashlight, get a mirror and like spend some time and look at your vulva. And because we hardly ever spend the time to look at it. And so like then if there's like a problem, like you get a lump or a swelling or you happen to look and there's a a discolor there. It's like, oh, well, maybe that's always been there, but you never looked. And so now you're like, oh, is this? 
abnormal, you know, kind of thing. And so I really encourage my clients to spend time and like get a mirror and, and sketch a little diagram. It's like, if you have a little, you know, brown spot or mole or, you know, whatever it is there, you know, just color that in on your map. And then in the future, you know, it's like you, you can look at it and if it changes, then you might, you know, be able to determine that it's changed or if it's, something happens and something swells or like when your glands get swollen or something it's like you you know what it looks like because it's our labia is is not symmetrical you know like the inner lips one might be longer than the other or different shaped and like that's a hundred percent normal and you know if you've never looked or the only thing you've seen is you know, the sculpted porn bodies. It's like, you may think that you're abnormal when you're really not. Yeah. And then there's all these women who are having like reconstructive labia surgery to try to look like porn stars because they actually don't, because we're so ashamed of what our bodies actually look like. And, and we don't know that it's normal to have different size labia or have one longer than the other. Mm-hmm. We think that there's something wrong with it. We have this idea of what perfection is supposed to look like that is perpetuated by the porn industry. Yeah. And, and it's, to me, I just, it's, it's sad, right? And I yeah, it's very, very distressing, um, yeah. especially when it's the teenagers who are, thinking that their bodies are abnormal and think that they need need to have labia surgery it's like oh my god that's terrible so uh, let's uh let's take a quick commercial break and when we come back we'll uh talk with tatiana some more stay Mm -hmm. tuned live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. So, Tatiana, you mentioned a book that you found when you were 16 years old, um, Sexual Secrets. So I'm really curious to know, now that you're an adult looking back, you know, at your experience at finding that book at 16, what was that like for you as a 16-year-old? And do you think that a book like that is appropriate for a girl at that age? Um, absolutely, it's appropriate for a girl at that age. Um, because I think to, to pretend that teenage girls don't have sexual desires and aren't going to be exploring that is ludicrous. And yeah. It's like, let's, let's just, I also read this phenomenal book recently called Sex Rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, then who is it by? Janica Zero Broadman. There we go. It's on my shelf over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, she's an anthropologist. And so she has gone around the world and studied different cultures and how they relate to sexuality. Mm-hmm. And what I found fascinating was that there were culture after culture after culture that kind of encouraged and allowed young women to be sexually explorative Mm -hmm. and I had so much curiosity around sex Mm -hmm. I had so many questions and I had nowhere safe to go with those questions Mm -hmm. so my first like reaction when I found the book in my parents basement was a little bit of shock and horror because it belonged to my parents, you know? And so that that was like, I had to, I just sort of overcome this, like, oh my God. My parents have sex. (laughs) Parents have sex and sexual urges and like this belonged to my father and like, oh God. But, but there was just like so much good stuff in the book. And I was so curious that I I got over that part pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I will say I've, I've been thinking about this a lot, Lately, um, I have a seven-year-old daughter and I have, uh, I'm pregnant right now. And I, I really think one of the greatest gifts that my mother ever gave me was the library that she kept in the basement. Mm-hmm. I, would, I could just go and browse on my own time, follow my own curiosity. She wasn't putting information in front of me, but because it was there, I had access to it. And I got exposed to different Eastern philosophies. And, you know, my mother was a total hippie in the 70s. And and so Mm -hmm. she had all of these books that she had gathered over the years that I got to dive into. And and that really helped to shape who I am today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I got to freely explore. And I mean, we have the internet now, but the thought of my daughter freely exploring the internet is kind of horrifying to me. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing with the books in the basement, like those are books that your mom selected over time. And so they were pre-screened, whereas the internet is just a free for all, you know, and you God only knows what you'll find. And, And my mom actually had a library in the basement too. And 
all sorts of books. You know, there unfortunately wasn't a book like that on sex, which I totally would have appreciated. (laughs) But there was like books on like science and, and just all kinds of stuff that I dove into and explored. And it was just really great. And I was thinking about my niece who's 12 now, like she doesn't have a book, an access to like a, a book repository like that, you know, where there's just like all this information about all kinds of different things. And yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's like, I think it's amazing that we have the technology and what going digital allows us to do. And I also, I, I, I think it's important to, to question and ask ourselves what we're missing to when we completely convert everything over to technology. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that level of exploration of being able to dive into, into something like this to like, for me to find a book that impacted the rest of my life. And that now, like I was telling you at the break, like I get to, I get to interview one of the people who wrote this book. I'm so excited. I get to have her on the show and see where she is now Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after, after writing this book all these years ago. And for me, it's just like this really awesome full circle experience. And that never would have happened if it was, if it was digital, who knows what I would have found, what I would have been influenced by. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, the book, the book taught me lots of things. It still teaches me lots of things. I, I haven't actually like read it cover to cover because it's, you know, there's lots of diagrams and there's lots of um, little pieces, but it, but it talks, it's not just about sex. It talks about, you know, pranayama breathing and, and yoga and like all, all of these different philosophies of life and how sex is an integrated interwoven part of that. And there's this whole part where there's like therapeutic lovemaking positions and numbers of strokes and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, so it opened up not only my mind about what was possible from like a, how you get in that position perspective, but also what was possible in terms of like our energy systems and, and how we can utilize sex to come into union with the divine. Mm-hmm. To me, that concept was introduced at such a young age. And I feel so blessed yeah. by that. Because yeah. then when, I, when I met my husband before we were married, when we first started dating, it was like part of how we connected to begin with was acknowledging that we both wanted to explore more deeply how those energetic systems worked Mm-hmm. how we could consciously run energy through our bodies and what the different circuits were um, while we were having sex and how we could, you know, he was really in this study of like withholding ejaculation and how that impacted his energy. And so we, we were exploring all of those things together. That was the foundation of the beginning of our relationship was to, to be able to really dive deeply into an exploration of that. And up until that point, I had not found anyone who I could do that with. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since I found the book, you know, I didn't meet my husband until I was like 23 or something. But ever since I found the book, I wanted to go into that exploration with someone. Right. And it's interesting too how a lot of partners aren't ready to go there kind of thing because I've ran into the same kind of experience too. Whereas, 
you know, it took me longer to figure out about this whole energy thing and, you know, that there's more to sex, but I did kind of know that there was, that there was something more to be explored. And as I learn more about this stuff and discover like the Taoist sexual teachings and Tantra and these different other things, um, then it became a task of finding a partner who's willing to go there. And I've been dating for a few, you know, a few years and, any person that I was dating with, you know, assuming that the conversation got to that point where express an interest in exploring these type of energetic connections, the spiritual aspect of sexuality and these different things. And they're interested in like Tantra and that kind of thing, but it's, it seems like a surface level thing and nobody was really willing to go there until I found my current partner who had actually already had some experience with Tantra. So I didn't have to like start from square one where I'm like explaining all this different stuff. He's, done some of this stuff in the in the past and so now as we're listening you know we're listening to my shows together and this sort of thing and he's like remembering oh yeah i remember i used to do that or yeah that totally makes sense and so it's been really a joy to be able to start exploring some of these things and i'm what i'm curious about is now that you've been with your husband for all of these years and your relationship you know started in this place what has that been like and i'm assuming that this energetic practices these spiritual practices continue to this day in your relationship they do and it's actually i mean i'm i'm having penny slinger on my show because i just recently got this book out again because i wanted to go into the therapeutic love making things and and i was looking at it and maybe i was like oh yeah i wonder what she's up to these Mm -hmm. days you know and and it led me into that rabbit hole but so it's still a book that i very much lean on um and those practices absolutely are still continuing um and they've evolved and changed and you know children have an impact on on your sex life and mm-hmm. um and for me actually getting pregnant the first time changed my whole experience of orgasm because I never, you know, and like I got to experience female ejaculation for the first time when I was pregnant with my daughter. And, um, you know, so it it absolutely altered and shifted my experience of sex moving forward because of what I was able to access and, and different sort of levels of orgasm. And, and we still, we still explore, we still, um, I think it's fair to say like, yeah, we know each other's bodies and we're still exploring each other's bodies because our bodies are changing constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a rut that a lot of couples can get into is that they think that they know the map, mm-hmm. but it's like the terrain is always changing, especially as women. And especially if we're having children, mm-hmm. our terrain is changing and mm-hmm. to be willing to communicate about that. I mean, I think communication in the bedroom is is key is crucial and my husband and i from day one have always had really really good communication that was the foundation of our relationship Mm -hmm. not just about sex about everything yeah it's so key yeah Mm -hmm. and and i you know i i i started that very early on in our relationship with him where i was like if i'm afraid to talk to some to talk to him about something i need to talk to him about it yeah i feel like i'm going to throw up thinking about saying it i need to say it Mm-hmm. And that has made all of the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've navigated through some really, really challenging stuff in our relationship. And I really believe that the only reason why we've been able to be successful with that, we've been married for 10 years now, is because of 
our ability and willingness to talk about challenging things and to sit through them and see them through to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk about that some more because I have a whole bunch of thoughts about that. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. So, Tatiana, you said so much in that last bit that I just want to take a moment to kind of unpack some of these thoughts around it. But um, you were talking about how birth changed your experience of orgasm and we were talking about how especially the female body changes you know our map our terrain is always changing especially with hormones Mm -hmm. and um you know we have the monthly cycles where that we have you know hormonal shifts that we're going through and then we have the big hormonal events like pregnancy menopause and and these sort of things where the landscape of our bodies dramatically shifts and it can impact our ability to become aroused, you know, our juiciness, our, you know, desire, all of these different things. So I'm really curious to know more about how birth changed your experience with orgasm. And it sounds like maybe it 
made you more orgasmic or at least you were able to like squirt and do these things that it sounds like you weren't able to do before. So I'm really curious. Pregnancy definitely, um, pregnancy was where I first had that experience of like, and like an ocean was pouring out of me when I was having an orgasm. I was like, wow, this is new. And I've heard people talk about this before, but I've never experienced it. Um, and, and then there was birth. And mm-hmm. birth, my, my birth with my daughter was kind of traumatic. And I tore really badly. And there were three months at least after she was born where I was like, I don't want anything going anywhere near my vagina. Um, And I had a lot of shame around the changes that my body went through that I had Mm -hmm. to work around. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just my relationship with my vagina, but just my whole body and my belly and like, I gained a ton of weight with my daughter. Right. And so I had to work through, my feelings around around all of that and mm-hmm. i think out when we're not feeling sexy it's really hard or when we don't feel like good about how we look mm-hmm. um, or over or we're overly concerned about how we look that can have a huge impact on how open and willing we are to receive our partners sexually and, mm-hmm. and to to go there with them mm-hmm. um, and it took i would say actually probably about a year and a half after my daughter was born, it took about a year and a half for me to enjoy sex again. Mm-hmm. And now I love it. Um, and I'm pregnant again. So mm-hmm. pregnant sex is awesome. <laughs> because of the hormones, um, you know, you just have to navigate the getting the belly out of the way. But right, other than right. that, pregnant uh-huh. sex is phenomenal. And you want it all the time as a pregnant mm-hmm. woman because mm-hmm. of the hormones. Um, and you don't have to worry about getting pregnant because you're already pregnant. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. But, but yeah, there's a, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how, what my experience is this time around um, postpartum and, Mm -hmm. and how, how long it takes me to get comfortable again. You know, I was talking with a friend just the other day, we went for a walk and she had a baby a few months ago and, and she was, you know, she was sharing with me that she had yet to have sex with her husband again. Mm-hmm. Um, and her baby was five months old and, you know, I was, we were kind of talking about it and, and she went off on this little tangent of like, I just feel like I don't have anything left to give, you know, cause I'm so tapped. You know, it's like her third child. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I call bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're just, you're just like holding it out at this point. At this point, it's, it's become so built up because it's like almost like having sex for the first time again. Right. Um, Cause it is, your body changes so much after you have a baby that when you have sex again with your partner after the baby's born, it is like having sex for the first time because your body has changed and, and you have to, you have to be willing to listen to what feels good. And it might be different than what felt good before. Mm-hmm. And, and being tuned in enough and willing to slow down and listen long enough and to really honor your body um, if it says no right. or if it wants something different than what you're used to. You mm-hmm. have to be willing to navigate that, those changes and to honor and respect what your body's asking for, not yeah. to study in and of itself. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that's, that's a huge study, whether you've had children or not. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of women, like we mentioned a long time ago in this conversation, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us have like trauma stored in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and that means that we don't slow down long enough to listen. And maybe we weren't ever, um, it wasn't ever modeled for us that we have permission to ask for what we want mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. Or even know what we want, know how we want to be touched. You know, yes. I mean, that's like there's so much exploration that we have to do with ourselves. And kudos to my friend. She's like, you know, I've been exploring my terrain on my own. And for her, it was very important to know how to arouse herself postpartum with this last baby before having sex with her husband. And I think that that's awesome, mm-hmm. actually, because, mm-hmm. because then now she can communicate to him much better like what's going to be pleasurable sure absolutely and pregnancy is a huge change menopause is a huge change and if you're not in the habit of like having these communication with your partner and you're in a place where you've gone through like a birth or significant hormonal change it can be even more challenging to communicate that and a lot of women may choose to avoid rather than you know have that conversation yeah, and I think that's really sad because to me, sex is like, is so fun and so so pleasurable, and uh-huh. and I would love everyone to be fully expressed in allowing themselves to experience an orgasmic relationship with their bodies, and in order to do that, we have to be willing to speak up. And there is there is a connection between the vagina and the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, that I learned about in midwifery very clearly. It was like, okay, if your lips are tight, Mm -hmm. your cervix won't open. Mm. You're in labor. Mm. And, and it, it led to, and and when women are willing to make sound Mm -hmm. and really open their throats and open their mouths in labor, it's easier for them, for their cervix to open for their vagina to open, for the baby to come down, for the birth to happen. And I think that relationship, so I've been in a huge study and exploration of that relationship between the vagina and the voice ever since Mm -hmm. learning about that in midwifery. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also having that confirmed with, you know, different indigenous elders that I've worked with. One of my teachers, Grandma Nancy, she talks about that relationship and how as women we have two mouths. And, and to be willing, and even in the sexual secrets book, they talk about the connection between there's this point on the upper lip and the clitoris. Mm. And, um, and so I think to be able to talk about it is going to help everything flow more freely down there. Mm-hmm. is going to help us to have a whole different relationship with our sexuality. But we have to be willing to release the voice, to open our throats. We, we have to be willing to make noise when we're having sex and to allow ourselves to, to have, have those orgasmic sounds and the moans and not just like trying to sound like what they sound like in porn, but actually like what is the sound that's wanting to emerge mm-hmm. might not be like that sexy or beautiful, but it feels really good. If, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And there might be, I think we, you know, part of what happens is when we start to explore these spaces, there can be really uncomfortable emotions that come up, mm-hmm. especially if we haven't 
been communicating for a long time, especially if we have stored trauma, you know, there can be fear that comes up. There can be sadness that comes up. There can be grief. There can be rage. There can be all of these things that we don't normally think about as being related to sex that are going to start emerging if we really allow ourselves to do this exploration. I remember that early on in my relationship with my husband, there were we had to navigate some really challenging moments through sex because there were things that were coming up for both of us um, at different times that, that really doing this work allowed us to go into, but we had to be courageous enough to go there mm-hmm. and we had to trust one another enough to go there together. Mm-hmm. And I think that trust piece, I mean, that's, that's, that's a component that can come up. I've seen come up for a lot of couples. You know, we were with someone for a long time and, and there, are, there are things that can occur where we lose trust. And if we don't, if we don't talk about it, um, it festers and it grows into this really toxic wound yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. It can create havoc Mm-hmm. And and then we fall into these rote routines in the bedroom where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to check out and let him do whatever he needs to do. And whenever he's done, like, you know, great check. I, te- I checked that off my list. We had sex. Right. You know? right. Exactly. Keeping, keeping the status quo going and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And honestly, you know, when, when we have like these bits of information that we don't share, whether it's a big secret that has, you know, something to do with our past that we never share with our partner, um, you know, whether it's addiction or, uh, you know, sexual trauma or, you know, things like that, that have happened in the past or, you know, things that have happened that you're, you know, you're harboring resentment or you don't communicate, you know, the things that need to be said, what it does is it creates separation within the relationship. And so that distance, you know, over time, it continues to grow and grow. And I think that's a lot of reasons why people grow apart is because there's secrets that they're keeping that they're not willing to share. And it's not necessarily between, you know, intimate partners, it can be between friends, it can be be between family, but those things that we don't communicate create separation. So um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. 
Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. We're back. Tatiana, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about all of this? Yeah, well, I think especially because we've been talking about sort of the challenges that can come up in relationship when you've been with someone for a long time. Um, granted, you know, my husband and I have only been together 10 years. And so there might be people listening who've been together for 20 and I, I can't speak to that level of experience. But what I can say is that, you know, in that 10 year time period, we've, we've had to navigate lack of trust. We've had to navigate a lot of these issues. We've had to navigate ups and downs in our, how we related to each other sexually. And I just really want um, anyone who's listening to this who has been in a long-term relationship and is finding themselves kind of stuck or frozen in a pattern, um, I, I want you to know and to hear loud and clear that it is possible to move that. It is possible to, to rekindle the love that you had when you started. Uh, it takes work and it takes desire and it takes commitment, but it's possible. It's doable. Um, I just, I really want to, want to hammer that in because I think, you know, we see like divorce rates are, have just skyrocketed in our country. And, and I think we give up way too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessary. You can work through it and you can, you can have joy within it. You don't have to just suffer through it. You don't have to just close down and buckle down and put your head down and move through until the kids are in college and then you get a divorce. You can have a phenomenal relationship and a phenomenal life and a phenomenal sex life now. You don't have to wait for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really not healthy for the kids in a situation like you just mentioned, you know, to watch a unhealthy relationship that is just sticking together for the sake of the children kind of thing. No, it's horrible. I was that kid. Mm -hmm. I remember my uh, asking, because my parents, they would argue all the time with one another. Mm -hmm. There were fights in my house every day, yelling every day when I was growing up. And I remember asking my dad, like, why are you and mom still together? And he said, for you. I was like, that was like the worst thing he ever could have told me. Right. Because... The, talk about setting up a complex for 
the rest of my life that I had to work through. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's not our children. We need to model how to love each other. And sometimes that looks like being willing to talk about really challenging things Mm -hmm. so that we can model snuggling and all of those things that we think love is supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, growing up, my parents, they never really showed affection to each other. And the one time that my dad like caressed my mom's back, I was like, whoa, like totally out of context, you know, like that never seen that before you know kind of thing and it's kind of sad you know it's like i don't know i like to be touched i like to be hugged i like to be caressed it's like you know i like receiving that affection and i mean not everybody likes to be touched and that sort of thing but you know how kind of sad to be like in a relationship where you don't get that sort of thing and you know i know my parents obviously had sex because they had four kids but you know it's like we never really saw any affection or or touched in that way. And I think, um, you know, in one of my other interviews, Dr. Gary Salyer was saying that it's really important for, you know, kids, especially boys, to see that type of behavior modeled, you know, to see the father come home and hug mom and, you know, take comfort in her after a hard day, you know, that sort of thing. It's all about modeling those kinds of behaviors. Totally. I had Gary on my show. He's lovely. Isn't he awesome? (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and I and and I really make a conscious effort to lovingly touch my husband in front of my child because I also didn't have that modeled and I think mm-hmm. that's part of, you know, part of the eliminating shame. And touch is such an essential part of of human connection. You know, if you don't touch a baby it will die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so we need touch as humans. We need it. Yes, let's stop do. pretending that we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, I'm going to kind of change gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for people who are dealing with a lot of shame and find this type of thing really challenging to talk about, do you have any quick suggestions that can maybe help shift some of that stuck energy? Um. Yeah, well, there's a a lot of different things that are kind of just flooding through right now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it really depends on where the person is at in their in their journey, sure, and and what kind of a foundation of a relationship they have with their partner. If they're in a partnership or not, all of those things are going to impact um, their relationship with their shame. I would say first and foremost being willing to name it shame is really important. Brene Brown talks about that to, to, right. to just call it out mm-hmm. and, and name it. What it is, is a huge, huge, huge first step. And how do you distinguish between shame and guilt and trauma and um, you know, there's grief. Like there's, there's a lot of different shades of gray in there and shame has a very particular flavor um, and, and so getting, getting to know what that flavor is so that you can name it shame is hugely, hugely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you can name it shame, then you can work with it, right? But if it's, but part of how shame 
exists and perpetuates itself is it disguises itself really, really well. And it likes to hide out in all these little nooks and crannies and, and try to call itself different things because it doesn't want to be discovered because part of the dismantling of shame, I mean, the, like the biggest part of the dismantling of shame is just calling it out. And so, so we've, as, as humans have crafted brilliant ways to never have to acknowledge that we have shame. And so that's first and foremost, the, the first step is mm-hmm. willing to name it. And I think, you know, finding a safe place to do that is really important. Um, and, and how do you know, you know, who is safe and who isn't? I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm sure that anyone who's listening has at least one person in their life who they know that they can say anything to, and they're not going to laugh in their face mm-hmm. or, you know, stop loving them. Right. Um, and even if that's just like you with yourself in the mirror, looking at yourself and being like, wow, I, I feel shame around this. And just noticing what shifts in your body, if you can just, just naming it, just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah, for sure. And, and <laughs> it's kind of this, it's like, we, we have to not be ashamed that we have shame, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we have to be willing to to be human in that regard and to say like oh yeah i feel shame about that right and that that's okay and that doesn't make me a bad person it doesn't make me less evolved it doesn't make me um unworthy of love it just means that i'm experiencing one of the human emotions that come with this experience of being human that i'm having a shameful moment right now or that i have shame around this topic yeah period that's all it means all it means yes well as we are closing in here at the uh, top of the hour i want to make sure that we have some time to talk about what you are going to offer to our listeners we have a a free session for everybody so do you want to tell everybody about that Absolutely. So if people are interested in exploring more deeply the work that I do, um, you know, I do offer individual sessions. It's rare. I usually, I prefer to work in collaboration. So I work with a, a group of other coaches over at Superpower Experts and we have some incredible training programs for people who are really wanting to hone their superpowers and experience life from different multidimensional angles. And that's a lot, a lot of fun in those programs. Um, so they can go over to superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs to find out more about that if they want um, to just sign up with a free consult with me to to talk about things. That's an offer also. And you can go to tatianaberenday.com um, and there's a, a link for a for a free consult there on the site. Um, but my, I think my best free offer is the podcast. So mm-hmm. my, my podcast is called Sex, Love, and Superpowers. I've been running it for almost two years. There's a wealth of information. I've interviewed some incredible people on that show. Um, I love that show. I love, I love the conversations that I've been blessed to have. Um, and that show is on the Superpower Up Network, which you can find on any major podcasting avenue. It's on iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, all the things. Um, and if you want just my show, you can go to Sex, Love, and Superpower spell out the and 
sexloveandsuperpowers.com and that will take you straight to the show page. We do have an app that's coming out, but it's not out yet. So I can't, uh, I can't give out exactly that information, but there will soon be an app where you can also go to, to download all of the, the podcast episodes easily from your phone right there. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And we'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for being with us, Tiltiana. I really yeah. appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. This has been really lovely. Yeah, it's been a nice conversation. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. And thanks for listening today, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.